High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Time now for Numbers That Talk with the senior statistician from the CSO, Deirdre Cullen, who comes here every Wednesday, makes sense of all the numbers in the census. Deirdre, welcome to the programme. I thought we were talking about numbers, and now you're joining the climate change mob and talking about the environment. I'm talking about facts, George. (laughs) Facts associated with... Uh, sustainable development and you're right this week I am going to talk about the environmental indicators I hope that doesn't you know peg me as joining any mob <laughs> statistics no, but, are, are very important no, in but, area, but the environment you're talking about sustainable development environment indicators which is a big mouthful right it is really, so yeah. just to simplify that are we talking about how the environment has changed over a period of time is that what we're really talking about that's and right. what is the environment? So, I mean, uh, uh, so the, the Department of the Environment came up with this framework for s- sustainable development and they asked the CSO to compile indicators that it could be measured over time. And uh, it's in different areas such as economic, is it sustainable, is it uh, social justice and environmental. So, you know, we can't keep taking the fish out of the rivers and then there'd be no fish left. That kind of idea. So that whatever we do is sustainable in the longer term. And so there's a whole range of indicators. One is greenhouse gas emissions. Another is uh, particle emissions of pollutants. Another has to do with um, river quality, water quality, nitrates in the water, etc. So there's a whole range of indicators. Yeah, okay. Now, when I said the adjoining the climate change mob, the it, the interesting thing is in this that again the, the census. When was our first census as a, an independent nation? Oh, 1926, but yeah. none of this data now is from No, the no, census. I accept sorry, that. Sorry, no, no, I accept that, of course. <laughs> yeah. But th- what I mean is, and previously the British did it, but we as an independent country have been doing census since 26. But issues like greenhouse gas emissions or pollutants and this sort of stuff would be a relatively new area for the CSO to look at. That's the point. I no, absolutely. Really... It is a, a new area, but it's now it's a hugely important yeah. area. And a lot of the statistics we produce are done under regulation from the EU. And so a lot of th- this data is compiled for the yeah. European Union. And so we can compare ourselves across okay. other countries. And, you know, let's not forget, I mean, things like the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Accord are hugely important because they can have a big impact on us yeah, in the longer but term. What I need here now is methodology, right? I understand last week when you were talking to me about the number of single people in Ballydee Hob, right? But measuring things like pollutants and emissions and so on, they're not they're not easily counted, if you like. So now you're involved in a very technical area, are you not? Yeah, a lot of the measuring is done by the Environmental Protection Agency yeah. and then we get the data and we publish it. So the CSO, to the best of my knowledge, and my colleagues might correct me, we're not going out taking air samples okay. and we're not going out taking water samples from rivers. But uh, other agencies are. So, for example, to measure our, our river water quality, there's 3,000 samples taken Yeah, And what you're turning rivers. them into then is, is understandable numbers. That's right. And one of the important things the CSO does, George, is that we we define the methodology and we keep it consistent over time. So we're not producing one figure on one basis and another figure on another basis. And so you can see the pattern over time. Okay. Now, the thing is, 
we should be getting better in certain areas, shouldn't we? Isn't it? Isn't that what the aim of all these various protocols is? That we're we have less greenhouse gas emission or or yeah. less pollutants, so on. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so what you're going to tell me now is how are we doing. That's right. So we start with greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. So the, under the first Kyoto Protocol, uh, which spanned from 2008 to 2012, we were allowed to increase our greenhouse gas emissions by 13% on the 1990 figure. And that would have left us with 63 million tonnes of CO2 equivalent. And in actual fact, we were at 58 million. Wow. Uh, that was in 2012. Now, that was as a consequence of the recession because back in 2005, we were at 70,000. So the recession had a big impact and the car's of been course, taken yeah. off the roads in Ireland. So we're now under pressure again because we're now at 60,000, 60 million tonnes equivalent. And um, I think we have to get that down to 55 within five years. That's so we're under hard, pressure. Yeah. We are. I, 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 hadn't, I hadn't thought about it, but I remember, like, because I've been on this show 15 years that well I was on drive time so I'm going home at 7 o'clock so I noticed the number of cars on the road at 7 o'clock are coming in the morning during the recession we all did George and trucks and vans and everything articulated lorries everything I mean a chunk was taken out of the Irish economy but now they're all back now they're all back and some. <laughs> and we're trying to reduce. And we're trying to reduce our okay. emissions. So all agriculture right. is the largest contributor there. A third is 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 produced by agriculture. Cows. Cows. Chewing the cud. Chewing the cud. Well, I've been on here before talking about cattle and cows. And um, I just pulled out the numbers to remind myself. So I back in 2010, there was um, 7 million uh, cattle and um, 3.5 million cows. So close to 10 million but didn't we see that report then about if we feed them seaweed or something that that might have an impact on I their... I missed on the seaweed. Yeah, I, well, it's it's fascinating science and apparently it's it's real and it can have a huge impact on um, the flatulence of cows which might help our greenhouse gas emissions. So All right. Well, that's... maybe if humans eat seaweed as well we could even make a bigger contribution. Japanese eat seaweed and it. it's all <laughs> kind of great desserts you can make with seaweed. Okay, so another another measure here is particle emissions. These tiny little specks of dust that you can't even see um, that can penetrate the lungs and create all sorts of health problems. So uh, back in 1990, we had 32,000 uh, tonnes of this stuff is measured and captured from the air and that's down to 13,000. And a big cause of that reduction would be um, no longer burning smokeless coal um, in Ireland and peace. Because that's interesting because Mary Harney made her reputation, didn't she? She, she was did. She was the coal minister, wasn't she? That's right. And we all remember her for it. Yeah. That's right. And and there was a thing even before that in Britain because of particle emissions, when they got fog, they called it smog because you would come in uh, from the fog and like a shirt would just be black or your suit would be black because of particle emissions. So we've come a long way we've, with we've that. We've come a long way. And then the, another, so the the European Union have these national emission, emission ceilings, not to get too technical, but there's an upper limit above yeah. which you're not allowed to have, a, 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 you know, certain pollutants in the atmosphere and sulphur dioxide. And again, that's caused by burning coal and oil and that's an irritant gas that can be in the atmosphere. And our upper limit on that is 42 kilotons. And in 2015, we were at 42% of our upper limit. So we're comfortably within what we're allowed With to have. With the particles? On, on, no, this is sulphur dioxide. This right. is the gas okay. from, from burning yeah. the coal and oil. 
And then nitrogen oxide, that's generated by traffic. We're allowed to have 65 kilotons of that and we're at 94% of that. So we're close to the edge on the, the nitrogen dioxide because of the transport. And then ammonia, that's generated by spreading manure on grassland and then that vaporises as ammonia. And again, we're very close to our upper limit on that. But like... You know, I for me to come in and talk about this stuff, I have to read myself into it. And reading it, it's I find it really educational and kind of, okay, well, this, Leora, this is what's going on. But uh, like the reason I have you here is because you're a statistician and these numbers talk to you. They that's do, the, they do That's the point of having you. The, the, the thing though is, there's a huge pressure in our agribusiness. This is the future, you know, for the economy and all that. Yes. If, if if you if we could have more cattle, problem according to you, because there's ten million of them. Uh, muck spreading, ammonia, that's a problem. So the growth in agribusiness then sets a whole new series of problems for us. It does, it does. But I mean, I, I'm a great believer in science and I just think in the end, science will help us solve our problems. It's, mm-hmm. it's helped us get to where we are today. The science and the engineers... Um, so, I mean, let's wait and see. So that was new science last week about the seaweed and feeding it to the cattle. And something like that could possibly revolutionise methane yeah, in, in the air. And so we never know what science will deliver on our behalf, I now, suppose. There, I, I try to be optimistic, George. Right, I have okay. to be. There are two things that bore me to death, oh. right? Horse racing and fishing. But uh, off you go with fish in, this, in, in, the, in the rivers. Yeah, our, studying our, that. Our, our river water quality is, is not doing that well. I have it's a series not. here that takes me from 1987 to 2013. And like I say, the, I think it's the EPA um, or maybe one of the fisheries boards go out and take samples from 3,000 um, places. So unpolluted rivers, 77% of them back in 1987 of our rivers were unpolluted and today it's uh, down to 69% and only four years ago it was uh, 74% and now it's down to 69%. So there's an increase in our slightly polluted rivers and an increase in our moderately polluted rivers. Now are you only looking at fresh water? You don't look at sea uh, quality, do you? No, this is just, these particular statistics are just looking at river water quality. Just, I saw Kilkey lost their blue flag, but they got it back. That's right. Well, I think that was a particular problem, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it was water, though. You know, I think, I I don't know, effluent maybe going into the sea or whatever. But, But presumably the issue of pollutant in our rivers is about... Effluent. It no? is. It's it's caused by animal waste, which is high in yeah. nitrates, and that leads to the growth of algae and other microorganisms and plant life that shouldn't be present in the rivers. And the scientific term is uh, eutrophication, which is basically the, the, the plant or the animal life, if you like, is choked out by algae. And you know that moss and that scummy stuff that you can see in rivers and, and lakes in I Ireland. I don't pay much attention to rivers, dear. They're not my... Area of interest. Uh, I spent a lot of time on the inland waterways. It's Did one of my you? great pleasures. On a boat? I do. <laughs> but you're right again. I was swimming in, in a lake in Ireland last week. It's, you were not. I was. It's fantastic. I was in one of the great lakes a couple of weeks ago, Saranac Lake, up in the um, the north of uh, New York State. But we digress. We digress. I, any other environment issues that you're worried about? <laughs> anyway. Somebody better worry because you're not. <laughs> Well, um, I'm not worried. I'm a no. climate change sceptic. 
Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can look at our primary energy requirement and the percentage of our primary energy that is coming from renewables. Would you think that that's a good thing? This is the, uh, what's his name, the head of the Green Party, Eamon Ryan. He goes on about renewable energy all the time. Okay, and you 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 wouldn't think that's a good thing. You mean having outside my front door having some huge windmill turning around? Is Maybe that what a you couple mean? of solar panels or something, or yeah. Well, if, where are we? It's, have we more solar panels? It's the future. So our yeah, I better not talk about our, our total fuel products in kilotons because that might just well anyway turn us all off. <laughs> 14,000 kilotons. We've gone from 2% of our energy coming from renewables to 8% today. But Eamon Ryan wants it at 80%, so we've a long way to go. Yeah, so petroleum and natural gas are still the leaders, 48 and 27% respectively. But 25% of our electricity is now coming from renewables, with wind accounting for the vast majority of that, followed by hydro and biomass. But the wind turbines, yeah, outside your front door, not outside my front door. No, but I don't think there are any in Fox Rock. Are oh, there? no, no, because <laughs> we Fox Rockians will not allow. But there are no wind turbines in, in the cities, George. They're on no. mountaintops in, in, in remote locations. But they're not in other countries. But, George, if you were to take that attitude, they'd never have taken the coal out of the ground in Wales, and we'd all still be going around with the horse and cart. So you'd be there going, you're not having a coal mine beside my cottage. Do you remember there was a huge <laughs> uh, earthquake, uh, not earthquake, volcano in Iceland. Do you remember that? I do. Fairly recently. That's right. And it grounded some of the airplanes. Yeah. That wiped out 20 years of environmental planning. We wiped out 20 years of it, of, of achievement. One volcano. You can't stop the volcanoes. No. So next week on Numbers That Talk with with Deirdre Cullen, we'll be covering volcanoes. If you say so. <laughs> I don't think I have any statistics on volcanoes. But this energy thing, I'm genuinely interested in, in renewable energy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because, no, because obviously wind and sea are natural products and therefore to harness them makes sense. That Of course, and hydro, uh, sorry, um, solar is, of yeah. course, going to be the big renewable energy source in the future. Yeah. Uh, more and more. And I don't know why anybody would be against it. I mean, you know, the, the burning the coal and the oil, George, is putting the pollutants, as I was describing, into yes. the atmosphere, which is affecting our lungs You're... and affecting our health. So it's a bit of a win, win really. No, no. Your facts trump my... Uh... Bias. Bias. Yeah. I, I'm ready to admit that. The facts beat the bias. But I'm with your man, not Sancho Panza, the other guy. Who was the guy on the horse who charged the windmill? What was his name? Anyway, whatever his Don name Quixote. was. Don Quixote. Don <laughs> Quixote, yeah. Well, Don Quixote was obviously a climate change sceptic okay. as he charged the windmill. I see, I see. Well, look, at it's that's the way it's going. So let's. what else do I have? Um... Yeah, okay. So we import 88% of our fuel. Uh, The vast majority of that is oil. Uh, 58% of that is oil, gas, coal, and then a small amount of other fuels. Yeah, but Um, Ivan Yates, who was in when I was away a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about that all this stuff comes in from Scotland and everything. And post-Brexit, we won't be able to get it, he said. 
I'd say my next car will probably be an electric car. Oh, I, it was launched in America, one of their latest new American cars when I was over there. I saw a picture of oh, it. Oh, the Telsa? Yeah. Yeah, $35,000 Yeah, something. I, I yeah. thought it was Telstar. That was number one hit in, in 1964. Were you dancing to that in the rugby clubs, no? 64, no, a, bit, a little bit before my time. A All right. Before my time. I'll see you next week. Uh, It's uh, Michael Quilligan on sound. We had Alex Russo, Kira Courtney and Maggie Doyle. Moncrief is next.